0: Hey friends, welcome to this episode of Boss Barista. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. I'm Jasper Wilde. And today we wanted to give you a little bit of a recap of everything that's been happening with Four Barrel. There's been a lot of information, there's been a lot of articles, and things have kind of been slowing down a little bit. We're not seeing daily news coverage from the SF Chronicle, we're not seeing people tweeting about it as often, but... There's still questions out there that haven't been answered and I think a lot of people are wondering what what should they be worried about next? What should they be doing? If you don't know what's happening at Four Barrel right now, we have two episodes where we cover the current lawsuit that has recently been settled. It's episode 034 if you want to go back and listen to it. Uh, 035 kind of catches people up about two weeks after the lawsuit. But if you have listened to those episodes, number one, awesome, thank you for listening. Number two, we'll give you a little bit of context as to what's happening, but in this episode, we're really gonna go really far back. We're gonna go all the way back to where this started, which is the Me Too movement. So, October 2017, the Me Too movement starts. Women All across the globe are talking about experiences of sexual harassment, of assault, of sexual violence that they've experienced at the hands of powerful men. Most notably, over 30 women came forward to accuse Harvey Weinstein of sexual, various forms of sexual harassment, assault, and generally just creating a really... Horrible culture within the Hollywood industry where women were getting paid less where women's careers were ruined where women were suffering Abuse at the hands of this one person and since then we've been seeing people in all Industries step forward and say hey, this is a problem in our industry, too. It's been a problem especially in the restaurant industry and I think we all kind of knew there was a moment where it would come to our industry.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really very frustrating because a lot of us have been talking about sexism in the coffee industry or discrimination or sexual violence that is perpetrated on women and femmes from customers or from management. But it really does take kind of this grand grand villain to appear somebody really has to be accused that's how it's gone in other industries someone is accused women come forward um, and then the culture at large can like shame away the one bad actor Uh, and unfortunately that doesn't often address the deep systemic roots that allows this kind of behavior to thrive exactly so there are still a couple of questions that we have
0: for Four Barrel, about what's happening, what's going on, last month, eight women came forward and filed a lawsuit against Jeremy Tucker. He is the founder and one of the co-owners of Four Barrel, uh, accusing him and Four Barrel of sexual harassment and sexual misconduct. About two weeks later, the lawsuit settles. In between that, Jeremy leaves. He divests his shares, which are about 50% of the company. The remaining two owners, Jody, Garin and Tom Moore, pledged to change the name of Four Barrel to The Tide and that they're going to make it a employee-owned co-op. That name change lasted about 11 days, but they're still pledging to make Four Barrel an employee-owned co-op. And since the name change was recently switched back to Four Barrel, they have hired Citric & Co., which is the crisis PR firm that Harvey Weinstein hired and they have let go of a number of people in their wholesale department. So again, it can kind of feel like what, what happens next? Like, what do we do? What questions are still out there? So Jasper took a lot of time, thought a lot about this. And she came up with these four questions that we are kind of putting an open call out to four barrel to answer. We would really like to know kind of what's next. So Jasper's going to read some of the questions that we have.
1: The first one, these are questions directed to Four Barrel, Jody, and Tal. So you said that Jeremy Tooker will divest his shares. When Jeremy Tooker divests from Four Barrel, how will you show us? So
0: in the SF Chronicle and in some other publications... It's been pretty much claimed that Jeremy has divested. However, divest is a really ambiguous word. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really have a lot of meaning. Does divest mean that Jeremy walked away and wasn't paid out? Does it mean that he was given a certain amount of money to leave? Does it mean that he has his name on certain things but not others? It's a little bit ambiguous right now what divestment means. And I think this question really speaks to us just wanting to know a little bit more about what that looks like.
1: Yeah, we we would just like to, we would just like Four Barrel to show us whatever, whatever they have, whatever has been done, show us the receipts. <laughs> We'd love to see them. <laughs> the next question starts off with a statement. So I did some research, and based on the Democracy of Work Institute Cooperative Conversion Timeline, the owner divest the owner's divestment of a company and transformation to a worker co-op takes about nine to ten months. So the question for Barrel is: is this the model that you will be working with? seems like once you start to do your research, start to understand what divestment really means, it definitely does take a while. And we understand that this won't be something that they would choose to do overnight. However, we would like to know if this is the model that they're working with. And if it's not, what model are they working with? What's the timeline?
0: In all of the combing through the articles that have been published about Jody and Tal divesting themselves and turning the business into a co-op, we haven't really seen any sort of timeline or any sort of transparency as to what that'll look like. And I think this question really kind of hits on the idea of like radical, radical transparency, that things can happen openly, and we want to be supportive and available for that openness. But when we don't know what's going on, it's really hard to provide that support.
1: So the third question is, as detailed in the lawsuit, Four Barrel has been accused of having a company culture that celebrates toxic masculinity and rewards men for sexist behavior. Have protections been put in place for the female workers or should we be concerned for their safety? So this is a big one. This is going back to talking about The systems and the culture, company culture of sexism, and how just because Jeremy is no longer showing up day to day, that doesn't mean all the problems are gone.
0: I think this question really kind of separates the idea of one bad actor and one perpetrator from cultural systems that have been accepted, have been perpetuated, and have been kind of ingrained into the culture at Four Barrel. Mm -hmm. And obviously we can't say for certain what that looks like because we don't work at Four Barrel. But there is no just removal of one person to get rid of an entire culture especially with the lawsuit specifically naming the toxic culture at Four Barrel and all of the people who kind of participated in that. So Getting rid of Jeremy is obviously a really good first step, but then it calls into question what else is happening? What else is being done to ensure that there isn't another Jeremy, that there isn't another person who assumes some of the behaviors that he did? You know, there's, there's, it's still, it
1: still can be there. So like, how do we work actively against that? And if you'll remember the very first statement that Four Barrel put out, which was the day after the lawsuit came, came out. It's a statement they've since taken down from their website and obviously their Instagram is like all deactivated now, but they said in the statement that they, I don't think they said they took offense, but they, they said that their company culture had been mischaracterized in the lawsuit. So right away they were denying that that was true and we haven't heard if they've Gotten to reflect on it anymore? Are they still denying it? Because if they are still denying it, then we can we can presume that there haven't been any written protections that have put in place, and that women are still unsafe working there. But hopefully, but hopefully, they the, a lot's changed in the last month and a week, I believe. Uh, as they've said, like so much has been changing, and our company is different than it was three weeks ago. So. I hope this is one of the different things. Fourth and final question has to do with some of the media that's been coming out. The only information available to the general public about this situation is written in the SF Chronicle. Was everything in the SF Chronicle articles true, or is there anything that you would like to refute?
0: I'd be really interested in that question.
1: Ashley, you and I have done a good job of, like, saying how everything they've done has made us feel. But I think now I would like I would like to listen to what I would like to listen to what Four Barrel has to say for themselves.
0: Right. It's a little disheartening and I'm sure that it has a lot to do with legalese and with the PR firm that Four Barrel has hired, but we're really not hearing anything from them. And that's why we wanted to write these questions to really be like, hey, like we want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on with you. And I think there can be a really beautiful healing moment when we're all just kind of sitting together, obviously not literally because mm-hmm. there's so many of us, but really just like acknowledging that something really bad happened and we can move forward if we really are open about what happened and our parts in what happened.
1: And I think everybody probably wants the same thing. We want their company to not ever have anybody harass or, or perpetrate sexual violence on another human being ever again. Because this is just too important, too much is at stake for this to be swept under the rug. What that makes me think about, and this
0: is a topic that I've been reflecting on a lot, is is us. is It's me and you. And some of the criticism that we've gotten... In the last couple of months, or last couple of weeks really, since this has uh, been happening. Not to say that we haven't gotten a lot of really good feedback. We have gotten a lot of incredible feedback from people. People have been telling us about places that are still caring for Barrel. People are sharing their opinions and thoughts. People are sharing the episodes that they're listening to. But if you've been on our Instagram before, you've probably seen people kind of unleash their fury on us and really question why we're doing what we're doing. And it's because we want there to be resolution. I think it's really, like, sad almost that we're painted as people trying to take Four Barrel down, which is really interesting. Like, why would we want that?
1: Also, that's giving us quite a lot of power. Yeah. (laughs) We definitely do not have the power to do that. But we do
0: have the power to talk to people and ask questions. And, I mean, we all do. We all have that power. And that's really all we're trying to do here. And it's kind of interesting, like, the juxtaposition of, like, us as, like, these two women trying to take down these, like, this corporation. (laughs) But then the corporation gets, like, this pass of, like, they're just trying to do their best. Which, if they are... We would love to know about it. Like, we would just love to know more. So I thought that that was, like, kind of, I don't know, like, sad, but also unsurprising that, like, of course, we're being painted as the ones who are trying to take down the poor, innocent corporations. And I'm, like, saying it out loud. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, I think if people reflected on that. If I'm being really honest and I've been trying to contend with that really recently of just like being open with my emotions like this has actually really been hard on me is when like I see those sorts of responses because number one like it's all emotional this is emotional for us too this doesn't come without like our own emotional labor going into it and when you do emotional labor obviously things are gonna hurt it's not like We're not immune to things. So, like, I was telling Jasper a couple weeks ago, like, all of the comments that have been on our Instagram that are negative, I don't read them. I have somebody else read them for me and tell them, tell me if I can handle it or
1: not. Yeah.
0: Like, it's too, it's too much for me.
1: I mean, fortunately, we haven't had too many it's really just been one or two people who have kind of been incessantly commenting on all the posts. So we know that one person doesn't agree with us at all. But everyone else has pretty much been supportive and uplifting or shocked or outraged along with us. So for me, that makes me feel like, you know, if if the outcry was, we do not agree with you, this is like, you know it would be different than how it is right now. So let's talk about some of the things that we've been seeing.
0: Like we made, okay, so we made two episodes. We did some writing about this. And I think when you consume media, it's really easy to be like, this was 20 minutes of my time or this was 30 minutes of my time. What is 20 minutes of your time to listen to is hours of time between Jasper and I it's emails from people who reach out to us. It's us trying to figure out how to be vocal for people who do reach out to us, which has happened. A lot Mm -hmm. of people have reached out to us who we can't really share how they found us or who they are or why we don't get the information that we share with you from like making it up. It's not like I have like a dartboard that I'm like, all right, what lie am I going to make up today? Oh, landed on this? All right, I'm going to claim this. Cool. No, like the things that we hear are things that we hear from credible sources who don't want to be named because our system is designed to not protect victims. Mm -hmm. So we have to be cognizant of that, and we do a lot of work before these episodes get to you. It's a lot of Jasper and I texting each other, Jasper and I emailing each other, Jasper and I disagreeing about something, then I'm coming back to her side, and then I argue something else. And then she's like, no, you're wrong on this. It's a lot of like back and forth before we decide like what our message is going to be. And also talking to the people who we hear from and making sure that the message that we're sharing is true to them as well. Yeah. So the things that we say are from people that we trust and we hope that that's clear, I guess.
1: I think one of the, yeah, one of the biggest misunderstandings in this whole thing is that a lot of current, former, or recently terminated four-barrel employees are talking to us directly. So when we quote-unquote speak for the four-barrel employees, or when we say four-barrel employees feel da-da-da, or are experiencing this, it's because someone's told us this, or multiple people have told us the same thing, because I would I would never ever feel credible enough to assume what someone else is feeling, so it's it's frustrating to be like all these people come to us in confidence, say please don't say my name, I'm really scared, and then we you know say oh the feeling is blah blah blah, and then a four barrel employee will say don't speak for me, that's not how I feel, because um, obviously it it doesn't it, they don't speak for everybody, we don't speak for right. everybody.
0: Right, but it's also telling that certain people feel unsafe speaking about certain things, but then others feel really emboldened to speak about other things. So, and that's important for me to remember. Like, again, this is me being, like, really personal and really open about how I've been dealing with this, but I have to remember that, like, the people who reach out to us, even though, like, it's not public, like, that's, that's, that's the nature of it, and the people who are being public represent some don't represent everybody there's still people who work at four barrel who were named in the lawsuit who have who still work there which is beyond me how that that's possible mm-hmm. um, and then there are people who have benefited from the system of toxic masculinity that are probably i don't want to assume anything for anybody but there are people who have benefited from the system of toxic masculinity and to say that you know, like, I work at Four Barrel and I don't feel this way, kind of dismisses the lawsuit.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it totally does. It totally does. I think the comment that got under my skin the most was it was a woman who said, I'm not sure how many restaurant lawsuits you've been involved in lately, but most of them are settled that quickly before they even hit, hit court, regardless of on how true the claims are. And then with some emojis of like money and cash. And that's insinuating that women who want money will just pick a random man, accuse them, and get a payout. And that, that stereotype is so deeply sexist. It's to say that like all, all claims that, uh, of sexual violence are made up and that women are just seeking money. It's really, really frustrating. It also plays off the idea that women don't have money men do, because men are the ones who are in the workplace. Women should be staying at home, and if, you know, they just need to find a good man and settle down. It's all, like, hearkening on those stereotypes, even if it's not explicitly said or spelled out. That's why it's, like, in our psyche that way. So that one really bothered me, and it also bothered me that another woman said that, but We've seen all the time that there are some women who align themselves with the patriarchy, just like there are people of color who align themselves with white supremacy. And it's, you know, the hope is to, like, climb the hierarchical oppressive system to, like, try to get as big of a piece as you can. Uh, And really, it's just having having some, like, complicity in your own dehumanization. So that one really bothered me.
0: Yeah, that one that one's hard because it's easy. There's a lot of problems with like people of a similar group saying things about that group. Number one, that like they represent the group. So they must know something. So like it almost gives people outside the group license to act a certain way. Like if a woman hates another woman, then it's justified for men to hate that woman because women hate them. But like, it also just doesn't address the fact that like, misogyny is so deeply ingrained in our system that like men feel it and women feel it. And, but then it also puts the onus on women to solve the problem of misogyny, which is also unfair. So ugh, those, those comments are, 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 hard. And I always want to be like more angry at them, but I, I, I have to remember that misogyny affects everybody. Yeah. And it's not just, it's not just men. It's not just men and i can't be more outraged that it's a woman. Yeah. One of the comments that did bother me though, that was said by a woman was the idea that like i've never been harassed, therefore like i like working here is fine. Mm-hmm. And again goes back to that idea of like did the lawsuit not mean anything then to you? Like people were hurt. But yeah. i don't know. It's it's been really like an emotional couple couple weeks but then again I like reflected on this I was like it's winter in Chicago and it's dark here is that affecting my mood I have like just started on like these new birth control pills and I'm like is that making me depressed it's like a perfect storm of depression right now I I know but you did tell some you did tell me something that made me feel better what was that you told me about So one of the men that commented on our Instagram page eventually kind of co-opted it and took it over, so we had to block him.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) So um, that's right. There was somebody who works at Four Barrel who started to comment on everybody else's comment, like in a reply, and he was kind of saying the same thing over and over again, just that, the employees support Jody and Tall, and they don't want them to divest right away, that we need to think about all the jobs and all the health care that they're getting, um, as if one right negates a wrong. And uh, I was just totally fine with him commenting away because people were responding back, like, well, what about this? And what about this? And you have to acknowledge this. And he was just taking up so much uh, he was commenting so many times that I know that like the more comments and uh, like an Instagram post has the the more prioritized it becomes in the algorithm. So I knew that this this post was getting like forty three, forty five, forty seven comments, and it's just like boop 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 going to the top of everybody's feed. So I was just fine with that because he was helping our visibility. Um, but it got to the point where. He was shouting down people and he he wasn't stopping. So someone would l- lose interest arguing with him and they would try to reason with him. And He wasn't really listening or paying attention. He just kind of kept saying the same things. So I posted like, hey, uh, we appreciate your opinions here. However, we prioritize the space for women, queer people, and people of color. Please, please don't comment anymore. And he wrote back, Oh, I'll be more mindful of my space, but however, if I see that you're being illogical, I'm going to have to be the voice of reason. And misogyny bam bam right there right because of course a man's the only one that can be logical and reasonable and we are not um so uh we blocked him because as much as we would love his interaction to help our instagram ratings it's more important that we have this platform for who we send it out to create so then this the story continues so then he obviously is upset that we blocked him. He takes a screenshot. He posts it on his own personal page, which is great. Start your own, you know, not feminist coffee podcast and fight us the whole for years and years to come. Great idea. So he posted on his Facebook, posted on his Instagram, and uh, on his Facebook, some people started responding supportively of me and Ashley. And they were saying, like, you, you know, I saw your comments on Instagram, you're really mansplaining, you're splaining, you can't tell people of color or women how to feel, blah, blah, blah. And then someone else who is a fan of our podcast said, I think it would be wise for you to, to, like, do your research before you start coming after an award-winning podcast. And he said, like, what? What do you mean like award winning? And our fan posted a picture of us winning a spreadsheet. And then he said, Oh, I didn't know they won a Spready. I've actually never listened to the podcast. I of just not. only I just disagree with everything they say. I just wanna la, la 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 la. And our fan was like, It would you know, it would be a good idea if maybe you gave it a listen because they're very respected voices in our industry. And because this fan was a man um this hater actually listened to him so so that was the story that,
0: that made me feel a lot better when
1: i heard it
0: because <laughs> i was i was feeling so okay so i saw like the first comment that that person put on our instagram at this comedy show and it just completely like i couldn't stop thinking about it because oh, okay. i like get in my head about
1: these things yeah you were at a comedy show Yes.
0: Oh, I see. I was at a comedy show. Oh, no. And I was, like, at the comedy show, and I was, like, I'm supposed to be having a good time, and I am not having a good time, because I keep thinking about this comment, Uh which is funny. I'm going to end on, like, a completely different note, because we saw one of my boyfriend's friends, this guy named Goodrich Gethart. Um, He actually works in coffee. He just released his first piece for Sprudge, and Mm -hmm. he opened for this woman named Kate Willett, who is an amazing... Comedian, she makes a lot of really great jokes about like the patriarchy and you know trying to date men in in this environment in this climate, and she's just amazing. Um, I actually met Kate Willett when I was first in San Francisco. I was applying, I was interviewing for the job at Sightglass, and she was my Lyft driver. And she just started talking about like what she does on the side, and I was telling her what I was doing in the city. And then it was a Lyft line, so this other guy joined. And I mentioned that I was interviewing for this job. And he's like, oh, I know somebody at Sightglass. Do you know this person? And I was like, that's the person I'm interviewing with. And then for some reason, the two of them knew each other. Like, all three of us were somehow connected. It was really funny. And I had no idea that she was performing. We went to go see his friend. And then she came up and I was like, you were actually one of the most influential lift rides I've ever taken. (laughs) That's amazing. So So Kate Willett, you should listen to her. She is absolutely incredible. She did so good in this show. So if you're feeling down, like I have been over the last couple of weeks, listen to some Kate Willett and you'll feel better.
1: Oh, okay. Done. Um, and then the, the very last thing that we kind of have learned or sort of had a saga with in this whole responding to the four barrel lawsuit is, um, the court documents. So, initially the court documents were posted online public for anyone to see and you kind of had to do this elaborate like go to this website click this tab click this thing type in make sure prove you're not a robot la 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 um so I was posting directions to do all that and then one of the eight women asked you know why aren't people seeing this I said well I don't know, I'm, I'm posting the directions. It is public, but it, it's, it's hard to access. So she asked me if I would post them. So I posted them, and a lot more people got to see them, even though they were already public. And then after they were on our pages and more people were seeing them, a different woman started to feel nervous that her story was out there and her name was out there. So that woman asked me to redact her name. So took them all down, redacted the name, which, you know, is me on my Instagram story, crossing things out and then like saving that. So like it it took a little bit of time. And then we posted that and it still felt really triggering to her. And she said that it felt like her just, like, having it so casually come up on people's feed. And she was seeing it from a lot of other sources who had got it from Boss Barista. She asked me to take it down. So on the sites where I was able to, like Twitter and Facebook, I could take down just her pages. But on Instagram, you can't take down a couple of slides. You have to take down the whole post. So that is why we had it up and then down and then up and then down and then it stayed down um, yeah i think this
0: was this was actually really like a tough one for us where we got a lot of responses both back and forth about the court documents and that was really hard for us to contend with cuz we weren't really sure what the right thing to do was and we heard a lot of things on both sides and that's what makes things really difficult for us is that like we don't decide things callously and we also don't decide things without talking to people about them
1: yeah specifically the women who were named asked us to do it and then once it was up some of them started to feel differently and I I think that's just something that comes with like that is trying to be responsible with the platform that you have. Um, so I do, I do want to let people know if you are listening, we are continuing to be responsible with the platform that we've had, and we were asked to use the platform to get the word out there.
0: I think to wrap things up, this has been a super complicated couple of weeks. It's been incredibly emotional couple of weeks. But it's important not to lose sight of the questions that are still looming. So before we go, we're just going to recap the questions that we still have for Four Barrel. Again, this is kind of an open call to Four Barrel, specifically to Jodi and Tall. If you want to talk to us, if you want to reach out to us, we are by all means open to that. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any questions that you want to ask Jodi and Tall, please email us. And we'll try to get that message to them, too. Again, we really just want answers. We're not trying to take anybody down. We're really just hoping for the safety of all employees.
1: Yes, yes. So in, in the spirit of protecting all the employees at Four Barrel, let's ask these questions. When Jeremy Tucker divests from Four Barrel, how will you show us? Based on the Democracy of Work Institute Cooperative Conversion Timeline, the owner's divestment of a company and transformation to a worker-owned co-op takes about 9 to 10 months. Is this the model that you will be working with? As detailed in the lawsuit, Four Barrel has has been accused of having a company culture that celebrates toxic masculinity and rewards men for sexist behavior. Have written protections been put in place for female workers, or have we, or should we, be concerned for their safety? And finally, the only information available to the general public about the situation is written in the SF Chronicles. Was everything in the SF Chronicle articles true? Is there anything you would like to refute? That about does
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, keep asking those questions, keep emailing us, keep writing to us, keep being active and staying engaged. It's It's been a hard couple of weeks for a lot of people, but I am excited that there's a lot of positivity coming out of this. Coffee 2 raised so much money for their cause for putting on events that are targeted to baristas to help them know their rights and give them tools to speak out if something wrong happens to them at work. So that's been really great, and a lot of awareness has been brought up to these issues. So there is positivity, and there is light, and I know that I need to remember that. So hopefully uh, this is a reminder of that too for you guys.
1: Yes, so much has changed. So So much good has come out of this lawsuit. It has been amazing. People are activated. Everyone is involved. We're all now like anticipating four barrels new turning of a leaf like it's very very exciting it's, it's wonderful really thank you all so much for your for your hard work we couldn't do it without you so
0: please email us boss podcast at gmail.com our instagram handle is boss barista podcast our twitter handle is boss underscore barista get at us uh, for Boss Barista, I'm Ashley Rodriguez. I'm Jasper Wilde. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you. Bye. Hello.
0: Hey, friends. If you're still listening at the end of this episode, then that's amazing, or maybe you just left your iPhone playing this episode a little bit too long. But if you're still here and you're still listening, we just wanted to take a quick moment to acknowledge that today is February 15th. It's the day we're releasing this episode, and this is also the day that we called for Jody et al. to divest from Four Barrel. Obviously... As you know, that has not happened. Uh, In the last couple of weeks, we've actually not really heard much from Jody and Tal at all. But while they were being silent, you stood up and you spoke out. We heard from dozens of listeners who emailed their local cafes, who emailed any wholesale providers that they still knew that worked with Four Barrel and took a stance. That's not to say that things aren't done. There's still a lot of work to do, and there's still emails to be sent. There's still people to rally. There's still customers who are going in every day who have no idea what's happening at Four Barrels. So there's still a lot to be done, like we outlined in this episode, but we really wanted to acknowledge for a moment all the hard work that everybody has done, raising awareness, staying vigilant, and really thinking about the safety of women, femmes, and everybody in the workplace. Everyone deserves to have a safe place to work. And we're really hopeful that this continued work will make that possible. So thank you.